1: Okay, welcome to Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith. Wayne's World World is part of our Wednesdays after the news. Every Wednesday morning at 10, we catch up with Wayne Goldsmith. WGcoaching.com is his excellent website. How are you, sir? Mate, just as well this segment isn't called Waratahs World, it'd be a very,
0: very short, depressing segment, <laughs> wouldn't it, sir? It
1: would be! It would be, yes, yes. No, we won't dwell on the Waratahs, uh, although all teams go through peaks and troughs, don't they? Uh, how are you today? You had a good week so far?
0: Well, mate, you're not going to believe it. We went from that period of just terrible fires and there's still some fires burning in different parts of Australia, of course, uh, there, but it's just completely switched around and on the Gold Coast here, we've had Pretty much non-stop rain for a week. And even today, it's between 20 and 40 mils, apparently. Yesterday was about the same. And on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we're talking up around 60 to 80 mils on both days. And uh, we've got a backyard pool for the kids here. I had to come out several times on the weekend just to turn on the waste uh, dump and get rid of the excess water before it flowed into the garden and through the rest of the house. So, Man, it is a country of extremes.
1: Mm, Indeed it is. All right, you sent me a really interesting article yesterday about Big Bash viewing figures with numbers down for a third consecutive year. Uh, Bumper 2016-17 season when this competition came in, among the top five competitions in the world for TV audience. And it raises the issue of whether certain sports, particularly the short ones like T20, like sevens, like nines, have have a shelf life. You can understand why codes want these shorter forms, right, Wayne? Because it attracts new audiences to their sport. That's a fair assessment, isn't it?
0: Well, and it's a simple and very logical way of doing things. Uh, An old friend of mine said to me, without wishing to offend any of the listeners, and, Piney, I know you're getting nervous whenever I say that, (laughs) but without wishing to upset anyone, he said, he said, Wayne, the sports industry is a little bit like going to church. Many attend, but very few understand. And what he meant by that was there's a lot of people who come into the industry who look at it and go, nah, cricket's really boring, and rugby's too long, and what people want is fast, explosive, entertaining, and I've just come out of university with a master's degree in marketing, and I'm going to change everything. And they do a pitch to the sports, and the sports go, wow, that sounds really great. You sound like you know what you're talking about. And they invest in products that maybe haven't been thought through that well. And mate, as we have seen with the Big Bash, I mean, not just uh, television audiences, but live audiences and general interest have fallen three consecutive years. And, and, and if you look at one of those articles, Cricket Australia blamed the bushfires. And, mate, they're sure that explains some downturn in some areas over a short period of time but not the progressive trend over three years.
1: So what does explain the progressive trend downwards over, over the years then, Wayne? I mean, in, in your view, is it just that, that people now are getting a little bit tired of the big bash?
0: Well, it, it's, there's, it's, they're following a pattern, mate, that so many other sports have done. is They've looked at their falling numbers, a topic you and I have talked about ad infinitum, uh, it was actually, uh, at outside back for Liverpool at one stage, I think, uh, at Infinitum Nah, Spade, never, never try comedy. <laughs> but, um, but it, I, people have looked at their numbers and they've gone, what's the easiest thing to do? We'll change our product. We'll, we need to, you know, they do their research and their demographic, uh, analysis and they go, well, we're going to start appealing to younger viewers. And to uh, younger attendees. What do they want? Well, they're the Xbox generation and they want short, fun, fast, fabulous, lots of gifts and explosions. And let's all right, well, let's get a marketing group in to design a new product, a new version of the game, and let's get on with it. Uh, again, superficially, great idea. Right? Swimming's looking at it, I mean, rowing's even looking at doing all sorts of modifications. We're seeing it in all the sports, but it's, it's just too superficial. And, you know, with cricket, you know, people have gone, yeah, great, it's really funny, it's interesting, it's uh, uh, something that we hadn't seen before, great. But then it lost momentum pretty much straight away. To me, if it's not growing, and if it, you expect an explosion early on of real interest with anything different. But if there's then immediately a decline over a two, three-year period, it's saying your product is probably not right.
1: The the um you were talking before about this younger audience and we we often hear about this, don't we, Wayne? And and we, of course, we, you know the, the the older fans of any sport are eventually going to not be there anymore because they're going to die. But and there is a need to to to, to generate at the at the lower end. But is there a is there a unnatural race to get younger eyes on sport?
0: Oh, it definitely is, mate. They're absolutely. Definitely is, and and the question is: is all the sports have got for better or worse? They've got a history, they've got a tradition, they've got a heritage, they've got a culture. They've got they've taken a hundred years or so to get where they are, and any superficial, short-term, uh, instant-fix solution is really like um, you know just putting a. Uh, a coat of paint on one wall of your house, it doesn't really make all that. It looks good for a little while, but it really doesn't make that much of a difference. And I, when I go to sports planning, I say, look, marketing is great. The understanding of the history and traditions of the sport are great. You've got to work together. You've got to have a product and you've got to have offerings to the people in your sport that respect and combine the heritage and the history and the traditions, but do it in a smarter, more intelligent, more interesting, more engaging, more exciting way. And I, I, the world is, to me, it's so much of it is polarized now, mate, isn't it? politically and in so many other ways. What people tend to do on boards and what people tend to do in sports is they overreact, they don't think strategically, and they immediately jump to the first thing that comes along which will is at the polar opposite of what they're doing. And the assumption is, well, anyone who likes five-day cricket, anyone who wears the whites is obviously an old guy, an old fart, and they're the problem, and let's have a product that they don't want and that all these kids will want. Not realising that the most important group of people in any business are your existing customers, are your current clients, and retention is way, way easier and far more important than recruitment, and what we're seeing certainly, I believe, in in Big Bash, and we're going to see it in a lot of other places as well, is it's a normalisation, things are just going to head back, and there'll be another thing, mate, you know, there'll be the big smash, or there'll be the mega bat, or there'll be something else, because they just don't learn their lesson.
1: So, what can sports and clubs and organisations do when numbers are down? What should they do?
0: First thing above all is go and talk to your existing clients and talk to them about what they want, what they're looking for. The second group and the most important group are the people who've left your sport in the last year to two years and say, why aren't you coming? What was it about our sport, our club, uh, the experience that we provided for you? What was it that just missed a mark? And some of those people pioneer, will say, oh, look, my kids got older, they grew up, and we decided to do something else. Oh, you know what? I took up rifle shooting on the weekend. I decided hunting was really what I wanted to do, and that's what I do. I just moved on to something else. But where they go, you know what? We actually we loved the game, but we didn't like the we didn't like the club. We didn't like the coaching. We didn't like the politics. We didn't like how long it took. Talk to the people who are there, but very importantly, talk to the people that aren't there. And essentially now, mate, the, the pulling from the top is not working the way it used to be. I, I, I don't think most sporting organisations have still come to terms with how radically the industry has changed around the world. It used to be about role models and what was happening with the elites and what was happening. It's not that world anymore. Everywhere I go, Piney, we're talking about building from grassroots, starting with the base, connecting with communities. Sports have got to say, yeah, sure, Big Bash is a great idea, it looks fantastic, but we've got to do this at a local level, at a community level. We've got to do it in a regional level. We may have to deliver one version of a Big Bash-type exciting entertainment in Northland, but it's going to be completely different in Otago, very, very different in Southland, and very different again over in Taranaki. So it, 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 the sports have got to get over this this, this. 50-year-old belief that they can switch something small at the top and it's going to change everything. It hasn't worked, and around the world I <laughs> see the same stuff. They they have these flashy ideas at the top, and then within a few years they're back to where they, they've got to go back grassroots clubs, communities, regions, and do it what deliver products that the people are looking for.
1: So, yeah. So, so if you, if you envisage a Cricket Australia board meeting or, or a, a a meeting of the, of the power brokers at Cricket Australia, do you think, Wayne, they would be more concerned about dropping viewer numbers and attendance numbers at, at elite games, or would they be more concerned about dropping participation numbers at grassroots and junior level?
0: that's a great question pony for me they'd be looking at both there'd be some people in the board who will just they'll just deny it's happening and they will and then you can see by some of the articles on fox and on city uh, morning herald and on the australian uh, two days ago you you can see that some of them are just going to blame conditions and heat and television, and they, they, they'll persist with it for another two or three years before it really hits them in the head. Some of them will see bottom line and go, wow, with all that money that we... Because, mate, don't, don't forget, they would have gone, they would have budgeted for improvements and growth in Big Bash, and, and because they would have thought, wow, this is going to be our Cow. this is going to turn our business around this would be a massive hit to their bottom line because they would have naturally assumed that the product will grow over the first four, five, six years of inception and they would have counted on that money. There'll be a few hopefully on a board who are strategic thinkers and have thought another two or three steps ahead and can see that this was a short-term solution to try and fix a bigger problem which was the steady progressive decrease in the number of kids connecting with full-day, multi-day cricket. That's the Hopefully, there's a, there's a mixture of, of the economic uh, minds, the marketing minds, and the long-term strategists and rationalists, and they all work together to see what's really happening. I, I think there'll be a bit of panic. The other thing you've got to be uh, mindful of is other nations, including New Zealand and other nations around the world, have also looked at the success of the Big Bash thought, well, that's the solution. We need to go forward and follow that model. Uh, that's now, uh, they've got to start rethinking because inevitably they will probably follow the same pattern of decline as their domestic 2020s start to see similar patterns. But they might want to learn from the experience and move quickly to avoid what might be happening over the next two or three years.
1: What do you think of nines An NRL? Are you a fan of nines?
0: You know, the question is, I've always got pointy. the question is, why? Why are they doing it? Are they doing it because it's fun? Are they doing it as a pre-season conditioning tool? Are they doing it to uh, put a little bit of uh, bounce in the step because they've been doing weights for so long and hard off-season trainings, they're giving them another goal before the season proper? Are they doing it to try and enhance attacking skills? Uh, if If there's a legitimate purpose for it, I don't watch it. I've been rugby league since the day I was born. I was born wearing a Canterbury Bulldogs or Berries jumper at the time because my dad was such a fan. Uh, but I, I don't watch nines because I'm just not interested and I don't see that there's a purpose for me. My kids don't watch it. I don't know what their numbers are. I can't imagine they're very good. Like, I would imagine that they'll. What, if you rang the NRL or whoever's putting the nines on, I'm sure they would say, well, you know, we're developing our product, there's some positive signs, they, they do marketing speak at you, uh, but I would suspect the truth is that the numbers are not great on TV, the numbers live are not great, I know that, but yeah, I, I can't get that excited about it really
1: because so, I think the sevens I think has carved a bit of a niche uh, you know because it has uh, it's got its World Series it's now an Olympic sport um, you know it, there are there are players in New Zealand who are contracted just to play sevens and I presume the same uh, applies in other countries as well so would you say that sevens has been to a degree a success as a shortened form of rugby union? The difference is. I believe with
0: Sevens, is there's been a strategy behind it. There's been a long-term strategy, and I don't know whether that's IRB-driven, I have to assume that it is, or a combination of the big nations driving it together with the Olympic movement, the Commonwealth Games movement, the IRB, the IRB's solidarity program, particularly in Asia-Pacific region. Maybe there's been a strategy behind it. I get the feeling that the Big Bash, for example, was, a bit of a marketing ploy, something to promise to throw in a lot of money and turn fortunes around, particularly on the back of the success of the short term of the game in India. The difference is, I believe, really is is sevens. And, and it, it comes back again to sports' inability to think strategically and go further ahead. I mean, a topic I'd love to talk about in future weeks is You know, you and I have talked about on and on about, you know, going back to grassroots, building junior sport, the need to reconnect. What I'm seeing now, mate, around the world is this polarisation thing again is so many sports and countries have gone completely down the participation route that they've cut funding to their performance and high performance areas so much that five years from now we're going to see a big hole and a hell of a lot of problems in the high-performance area. Why? Mm. Because everybody jumped on the participation bandwagon. And unfortunately, sports in general, and that's a great example with Sevens, mate, you brought up, sports, example, are reactionary and short-term. And if you're going to succeed in anything, you have to be proactive and strategic in the way you do anything.
1: Fascinating chat as always, Wayne. Thanks indeed for taking the time. Stay well, my friend, and we'll uh, catch up again next Wednesday.
0: My absolute pleasure, mate. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.